Welcome to the Unpacking It podcast with Bryce Johnson. It's a show that unpacks sports, faith, and life with intriguing guests from the sports and entertainment world. Enjoy inspiring conversations and thought-provoking interviews. You'll hear stories from people that will inspire, challenge, and encourage you. Now, from the Unpacking It studios in Charlotte, North Carolina, uniting sports fans everywhere, here is Bryce Johnson. Welcome to the Unpacking It podcast, where we unpack sports, faith, and life with intriguing guests from the sports and entertainment world. I'm Bryce Johnson. Hope you're doing awesome today. I am thrilled to be with you as we welcome on Matt Doherty. That's right. Former UNC coach, UNC player. He won a national championship with Michael Jordan and James Worthy. He's got a new book out that we're going to talk all about uh, with him that uh, is called Rebound from Pain to Passion. Uh, in it, he shares leadership lessons learned, and a lot of those lessons learned were from failure and the fact that he lost his job at UNC. And and so if you follow college basketball, you're, you're familiar uh, with him and, and kind of, you know, th- th- just think about the, the, the pressure. Dean Smith was there. Then Bill Guthridge took over, and, and Bill Guthridge was basically just an awesome assistant coach with Dean Smith all those years. Dean left. Bill kind of had his chance, but wasn't really at that stage of his, his career to be a head coach and probably wasn't that personality. And so anyway, Guthridge retires. Then Matt Doherty, the, the young up-and-coming coach, gets recruited from Notre Dame, where he was the head coach, to take over at UNC, and... It was great early, and then it just ended up not working out. And and part of it was, too, that they initially, UNC, wanted Roy Williams. He stayed at Kansas. And then, of course, after things didn't work out with Matt Doherty, then Roy Williams uh, did come to UNC and, and now has been there for a long time. So this was a, uh, a very interesting interview. Matt had some awesome things to share, and I think you'll, you'll be very encouraged. And for me, I, of course, am a Duke fan. So I, uh, the, the crazy thing is, I, in middle school, I went to UNC basketball camp two years in a row. At one point, I thought I was going to be a basketball legend and quickly found out that wasn't going to be the case. But uh, at least in middle school, I was trying. And so went to camp, and I went with a buddy who was more of a Tar Heel fan, but they just had a great basketball program and camp. And so Dean Smith was still a part of it even though he had retired at that point. So, like, Bill Guthridge, I think, was technically in charge one year. And then I did get a picture with Dean Smith, though. And then Matt Doherty took over. And so, at that time, like, I wasn't a Matt Doherty fan. And so, now, all these years later, I met him at, at a, a luncheon. And he was so nice. He was great. He was like, oh, yeah, I'll come on your show. And, and so, now, to have him on the show with this new book, uh, really, really cool. And, and just a great guy, even talking to him before the, the interview what uh, was a lot of fun as well, uh, but but we'll share what was on air today, and I, I try to be pretty you know transparent with you as a listener, and I, I can't really explain it, but during this interview, I got sick, and all of a sudden I was dizzy and I started sweating, and hey maybe maybe it's from going to Carolina basketball camp, but I I, I you know dug deep, 
the Michael Jordan flu game within me uh, said, all right, I got I to gotta push through. Uh, I, I hate to say it, I'm pro- it's probably not as great of an interview as, uh, as Jordan's flu game and his performance scored 30-some points in that game. Uh, but needless to say, it was a wild experience for me because I tried to keep my composure while also wondering if I was going to like faint or black out or fall over or have to run to the trash can or what. But it was like this dizzy, queasy feeling. And maybe it was just because I'm a Duke fan interviewing a, a UNC guy. I, I don't know. <laughs> it didn't happen when I interviewed Hubert Davis. So uh, it's hard to say. But um, anyway, I am feeling better now. Uh, thank you for your concern. Um, and after the, the interview, I went into the parking lot and did, did what needed to happen. And so that was a, just a crazy uh, situation. But the interview, we made it through. And I hope that you will be encouraged and inspired by the conversation with Matt Doherty. Before we jump in, let me ask you this. Do you need to get your own health insurance? Well, go to healthmarketgenius.com. Know your options. Healthmarketgenius.com. Support them as they support us. And you may be thinking, wait, why'd you go to the, the parking lot? Why not just use a trash can or the bathroom? I like the fresh air. I like to be outside. If something's coming out, I want to be outside. <laughs> so it's, uh, that's my strategy. So if, I, if I'm home, I'm running outside. Wherever I am, I'm running outside. Um, so thankfully, uh, I got through that yesterday and uh, able to share this interview with you. Stick around at the end. I'll give some thoughts on the interview. But let me just give you a couple other uh, notes on his bio. Uh, He was also the head coach at FAU and SMU. uh, And in in addition to working at ESPN, the Indiana Pacers, and the Atlantic 10 Conference, those are other stops that he's had. Uh, He currently runs the Doherty Coaching Practice, uh, which includes executive coaching, seminars, and corporate talks. Uh, He's also uh, in the media, uh, kind of weekly radio shows in Charlotte, both sports talk and news and current events. Uh, also with the ACC Network, he's a color analyst for basketball games, and he's got two children and is married to his wife, Kelly, and they live just outside of Charlotte. So here we go. Matt Doherty on Unpacking It. Intriguing guests and inspiring conversations. This is Unpacking It with Bryce Johnson. My guest today is a former college basketball player and coach. He won a national championship at UNC with Michael Jordan and James Worthy. And as the head coach of UNC, he was named the AP National Coach of the Year. He has written a new book called Rebound, From Pain to Passion. And in it, he shares leadership lessons learned. The forward is by Michael Jordan. You can check out rebound-book.com. I am thrilled to be joined by Matt Doherty. Matt, great to have you on Unpacking It. How are you? Good, man. Thanks, Bryce, for having me on your show. Absolutely. Well, we're, we're excited to have you, in, and we're going to talk all about your, your journey and, and the book. And, and I thought we'd start off, uh, since now it's officially March, get your thoughts on this year's tournament, even though the, the brackets aren't set necessarily. But, but kind of going into this month, it, it's just been such a, a wild season. As of today, it appears like we're actually going to get a tournament, which we didn't have last year, and we, of course, missed that. But, uh, but kind of where, where is your mind at as we, we head into uh, what should be a, a wild march? Yeah, no, I'm getting ready to pull up my bracket. I, I thought we were talking about <laughs> Jesus, and now you want to talk about ball. Where are your priorities, Bryce? 
That's right. Well, we got we got UNC and Duke coming up on on Saturday, and so uh, a lot going on. But but what what do you make of kind of the, this unique uh, season and and what we've what we've seen so far? Well, it's been just real choppy. Uh, yeah. Um, you know, some so I, I didn't know this is a word, but I've heard it used several times. Wonky people say it's, <laughs> things are wonky. I, I don't know what that. You know, I mean. Fits. But if it feels wonky, whatever wonky means, and yep. I just think it's just so choppy, you know, as a fan, you can't plan and just think of it as a coach or an administrator. And I've talked to some coaches, you know, how do you plan? Mm. And it's really a test of leadership because optimism is such a big part of leadership. And as a leader, as a kid coach, you better have some optimism and look at the silver lining in every rain cloud because, you know, it's coming. And if you let that beat you up, it's going to trickle down to your players and they're not going to perform at their highest capacity. No, that's a great perspective. And, and I, I feel for, yeah, everybody in, involved in uh, specifically college basketball this year because it just it hasn't quite been as smooth as we saw even in the NFL they, they were able to, to move things around a little bit better didn't see cancellations and that kind of thing um, so that was that was nice for them but but let, let's talk about your your new book and, and your story and I, I think the, the the first kind of part of it is how did this book finally come about where because I, I heard you in, in one interview where it was kind of burning inside of you for 17 years why was it burning and, and, and why write this book and, and why now? For 17 years, I dealt with uh, the triggers that go along with uh, a, a loss. Um, you know, whether it's a loss of a spouse, a child, a, um, a job, uh, they're triggers. They're emotional triggers. So I dealt with those and I, I internalized those. Um, and, ang- you know, it creates some anger, uh, bitterness and that anger turned inward leads to depression. I dealt with depression, uh, but I try to put a good mask on like most people do and act like everything's okay. But deep down, um, it was eating at me. Uh, I had made notes along the way just to memorialize things in my head for 17 years, every once in a while, nothing real intentional, just to, to try to release it from me you know, to, to document it, to get it out of my system, the, to, to put it on paper. And, but it was hard. I dealt with depression. I met with psychologists and, you know, uh, had a hard time getting out of bed at times. Um, it certainly impacted my, my mood, but again, I try to put on a good front. And then um, I started doing a leadership. Uh, I started a leadership practice about a year and a half ago. And I'm a Vistage chair. That's the oldest and largest executive coaching firm in the world. And so as I was doing some corporate talks, people would ask if I had a book and I didn't. So they thought it'd be a good idea to have a book. And I had a friend who wrote a book and, and so just thought, okay, is, is my story worthy? You know, does, is it, you know, because I don't like when people write books that you're like, what's their story? Like, um, so I didn't want to be that guy. I wanted to write the book with the intention of helping people learn how to become better leaders because leadership is the most important topic that's not formally taught. And yet it really can't be formally taught because it needs to be practiced. It's kind of like golf. 
It's a skill. And if you, you know, take a lesson and expect to, you know, be a scratch golfer after one lesson, that's not happening. So you need to practice and you, and you need to fail. So when I lost my job at North Carolina, I went on a leadership journey. You know, I was just fascinated by leadership and, and wondering if I had taken some of these classes before as a head coach, I might still be the head coach. And then, um, but anyway, so after working in, in with executive coaching, I decided to write the book and worked with uh, a publisher and Larry Carpenter and uh, Cindy Byrne is the person who's handling the PR. And it, it, I found fulfillment because putting that on paper, Robin Roberts from ABC, Good Morning America says, make your mess your message. Mm. And, and so it's really been therapeutic because there's so many people that struggle with loss, failure, mm. imposter syndrome, negative self-talk, forgiveness. Um, so when they see somebody else that has struggled with it, maybe that they thought had their stuff together, um, I think it helps other people heal. So that's really been a byproduct that I didn't, I didn't anticipate, but it's been very, very fulfilling. Wow. And, and yes, yeah, so there are a lot of different directions to go. And, and I, I think the, the one part, the, the fact that at this point you're willing to be, you know, open and, and transparent, what was that process like to, to get to that point? Because I imagine you wanted to, you know, hide or, or not, uh, deal with certain things or not talk about things publicly. And, um, you know, especially maybe you can kind of delve into this, the fact that this was your dream job to be, to be the head coach at, at UNC and it didn't, you know, turn out how you had hoped and it didn't last as long as, as you had hoped. And so to, to go through that and to maybe pull back initially to then now all these years later to say, Hey, that mess is now my message. Yeah. Well, there's so many things that go into it, Bryce. Um, you know, I was at Notre Dame. I was a head coach at the University of Notre Dame, which is, you know, for me, one of the best jobs in the country. And I was recruited to go to North Carolina. And and it's hard to go home since I mm. played and coached at North Carolina. You know, if it doesn't work out there, it's your family kicking you to the curb. Ah. And then how do they do it? How do they kick you to the curb? You know, uh, it wasn't done in a very professional manner in my opinion where i was publicly scrutinized in a press conference that hurt so not only losing your job after having a great job at notre dame i was the national coach of the year at north carolina my first year we were number one in the country and then two years later i'm forced to resign and in a in a public you know forum um, that questioned my leadership. It, it was hurtful and it hurt for a long, long time. So to, to, to deal with those triggers and to deal with forgiveness um, and to try to grow from it, um, you know, it really, you know, I think those things either bring you closer to, to Christ or farther apart. Mm. But I, I say this, Bryce, even an atheist that's driving off a cliff will pray to God. Hmm. Right. I mean, you're driving, you're, you're on a car, you go off a guardrail, you're heading into the cliffs. I think most atheists would say, God, please help me. Yep. Yep. <laughs> Jesus yep. take the wheel. Right. <laughs> you know, 
So, you know, it's like, okay, God, like, I feel like God maybe slapped me in the back of the head, said too much, too fast. Mm. And I'm like, gosh, you know, and then, then it's faith. It, it's a true test of your faith because we don't know, like people say, oh, you know, this is God's plan. It's yeah. I mean, that God is, you know, he knows we're just passengers on his bus. We just mm. don't know where the bus is going and where he's going to drop us off at. Right. So, you know, you try to, I remember a couple of years ago, I found, I interviewed for a job that, that I'm more than qualified for. It's a small mid-major, low major job. And the AD texted me one morning and said, you know, they were going in a different direction. And I got down on my knees and thanked the Lord for closing the door. Ah, because I think we've got to trust the closed door. Amen. That's faith. Because sometimes there's something that we want, but he knows it's not good for us or it's not in his plan. So mm. I'm like, all right, God, I've got to go here then. You know, I'm stubborn. I'm Irish. You know, I'm going <laughs> to, need, he needs to really slam the door. Like he can't just close it gently. He needs to slam it. And he slammed it. And I thanked mm. him for it. So, like, I vision this, Bryce, you know, when we're, you know, I'm planning on going to heaven. That's my goal. People say, what's your goal in life? So I said, to get to the big house. I want to go to heaven. <laughs> Amen. And, and so um, I think that's when we'll find out the why. Like, why mm. did I go through that? Mm. And, you know, maybe it's, you know what, I can do, because I think what he, what we're challenged with is how do we model Jesus's behavior on earth? Mm. So, yeah, I got, you know, people say, Oh, you got screwed. Okay. You know, uh, you know, and Jesus is on the cross and he's forgiving those mm. who, you know, who, who crucified him. Like mm. imagine that, right? That's right. You know, I could at least forgive people I thought that may have wronged me. Mm. And I think the most important sometimes person we need to forgive is ourselves. Wow. We can be really hard on ourselves. I think especially Irish Catholics, mm. because of the guilt and the like the regret. Like, why did I do this? I'm an idiot. I shouldn't have done. I should have mm. listened to you. Should. That's not good self-talk. Mm. So you got to say, you know what? I could easily forgive that person. I should be able to forgive myself mm. and say, I'm human. I made mistakes. That was dumb. Let me try to model the behavior that God wants. Take the high road. Thank the Lord for what we have and use it for good. And, and the by the byproducts, as I touched on of this book where people are reaching out, thanking me for sharing and being vulnerable you know, the weakness, there's strength and weakness. Uh, a friend of mine had me on a podcast and he said, vulnerability is the new invincibility. I like I that. Think, I think, I think it's attractive to people because we are, this is your podcast and I'm doing all the talking. Sorry. But, well, that's all right. You know, you that's opened cool. up, you opened up the gates. That's and, right. Um, you know, I just think that, uh, you know, we've got to model his behavior and we don't know what it is. It's easy to be bitter and especially in today's world comparison games are the work of the devil right mm. 
Yeah, right? I absolutely. Mean, you, you, you know, I mean, the devil's smart and and really slick. And, you know, you look at social media and you see somebody, especially in coaching, you know, a contemporary of mine, he just signed a new contract. He's flying a plane. He's got this nice house. He's on this TV show. Then you're like, you know, it, that yeah. gets depressing. That's a trigger. That's right. That's the devil. And mm. you can't control, you can't compare your every day to someone else's highlight film. And that's what social media is for many people. No question. And that's not healthy. No, that's a, that's a wonderful uh, encouragement to us. Cause we're all, we all get caught up in that in, in different levels and, and, what we're looking to compare, whether it's comparing with our, our friends or people on social media or even within our own family. I'm one of three boys. And so it's easy to, to start comparing, oh, man, this is going well for him and oh, I'm struggling over here. And so that's, uh, that's why we have, to, we have to be obedient to the life that God has for us as, as individuals and, and what he wants to do in us today and, and right now and how he's uniquely equipped us uh, for sure. Um, well, so, yeah, so you, you've mentioned the, the painful experience of, uh, you know, the, the, the coaching situation at, at UNC. And, and part of the, this book that you've, you've written is uh, kind of with, within the title, From Pain to Passion. And, and so as you have moved through pain, and I think a lot of people just, especially with following this last year that we've all been through, a lot of pain. People are going through pain. A lot, lot of different situations, and uh, some of those feelings that you you mentioned earlier of of you know d- depression and doubt and frustration and all those things. How, what does that mean that it's turned to passion for for you? And 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 how can people kind of see their pain through that lens to to see passion come out of it? Well, I I wrote it because the the pain was losing my job and being accused of being a bad leader. Mm to then studying leadership and making that a passion of mine. The pain of losing my job and having my leadership question to then being passionate about leadership and learning everything I can about it. So that's where the pain to passion comes from. You know, I think that um, perspective is huge in, 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 in loss in defeat, in failure. We always, it's easy, it's human nature to look at what we lost, but I think it's important to look at what you still have. Mm. And it is helpful for the mind to compare yourself to 95% of the world. And, 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 And most people probably listening to this podcast, financially, healthcare, we're probably better off than 95% of the world. Mm. So our worst day may still be better than 95% of the population's best day. And I think that when I coached a team and we had a big loss and they gave everything they had or a player had an injury and I felt like they were really, you know, committed, I'd say, listen, if this is the worst thing that happens in your life, you will lead a charm life. That's right. And I think that that's such an important lesson. And that's the benefit, Bryce, I think, of being 
in sports is that we know how to, as a coach and a player, we know how to deal with, with loss, with failure, with defeat. That's one of the more valuable things you learn about in sports is how to deal with failure for people that go to the best schools and get A's and they live a nice life and they get out after college and they don't get the job they wanted or they got the job they want and they're cold calling and people are hanging up on them. They're getting rejection for the first time or failure. That's not such a good thing. And and so for the, the, the person listening today that maybe found themselves, you know, they, a failed uh business situation a failed marriage uh what is what is the the encouragement for that that you've learned uh that that you can you know maybe simply put for somebody to to take today to 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 embrace failure and and to push through that that failure for growth yeah well i I don't want to i don't want to simplify it for anybody their pain is unique and and what they're going through you know it it Listen, I lost my job 17, 18 years ago, okay? Mm-hmm. So it's not something that you can just snap your fingers in a quick fix. This is, I think, a couple of things. First of all, you got to get down on your knees and pray. Amen. And thank the Lord for this day. Because you don't know what he has in store. Mm-hmm. You don't know. But if you don't get out of bed, if you're bitter, instead of trying to get better, I don't see that you'll have as good a chance of being blessed, Mm. you know, and, and out of misfortune there, there, there will be some gifts. You may have to search for them a little bit harder Mm. or something could fall in your lap, but you, you need to, to, to thank the Lord, praise God and continue to put one foot in front of the other you need to have a good group, whether that's in church, family, friends, that you can really share your fears with, your, be vulnerable, and get that out. Because like I said, anger, bitter, bitterness turned inward leads to depression. So you need to get that out, emote, because it's going to come out in some way, shape, or form. And then just try to see the blessings in each day. And then I know it's hard. I can't imagine. I mean... Some of the people that have gone through hurricanes in the Southeast and lost their homes, Mm. people who have had family members die of COVID, people who have had businesses shut down due to COVID, people who, you know, random shootings. I had a great friend, good Christian man in Dallas, road rage, got shot on the highway, killed. Devastating. Father of two, beautiful family, son in a wheelchair, yeah, like that. Yeah. Gosh, a lot of heartache. And and so our our desire here at Unpacking It is we we recognize people are going through tough times always, but but we've all kind of been in a similar understanding of what's been going on the last year. We're, we're all affected in one way or another by uh, this pan- pandemic. But we want to bring hope. We want to bring encouragement to people. We want to inspire people through other stories. And so I'm so thankful to, to you, Matt, for, for being vulnerable and, and being able to, to, to share your story. And, and you've got this passion for, for leadership. And, and I think in, in reading and hearing some different things that you, you've said, the, the, the reality that 
we're all leaders. And, and sometimes we, we put it off to, oh, the, you know, the pastor is the leader or the boss is the leader or the head coach is the leader. Yet we all have leadership responsibilities and leadership roles. And, and, and you recognize that we all have to develop as leaders. And, and, and like you were saying earlier, you know, we have to experience so much and, and learn from it. And so I, I guess, uh, well, what, what, what do you say as far as the maybe misconception that, oh, I'm not, I'm not a leader or, you know, I'm, I'm more of a follower type of thing. What, what do you say to those people to encourage them that, hey, you got to develop as a leader as well? Well, I think that, you know, many people are followers and then have to transition to a pivot to being a leader like the next minute. Let's say you're middle manager in a, in a job. Um, um, you know, and your boss giving you instruction, you got to turn around and talk to your team. Or let's say you're the oldest sibling, you're the youngest worker, you just started a new job, but you're the older sibling at home. You know, you're leading your other siblings. Um, you may be a leader with your friends. Um, and even the quiet person, like just because you're have a certain skill set, maybe you're you know, you're not afraid to talk. You're an alpha personality, but sometimes those, the quiet ones can still lead. Like if they don't agree with something and they finally speak up and say, no, that's not right. We shouldn't do that. Or we shouldn't joke about that. Or, um, you know, we can't go in that place or we shouldn't get in the car after we had uh, some drinks you know, the quiet one can lead. Mm. He may not be a leader all the time, but I think understanding how to lead, when to lead, at some point in time, you know, if you're a parent, you're going to lead your household. Mm. And it's it's not unlike coaching a team. You know, how do you communicate with them? How do you set goals? How do you, you know... It's, it's all the same things, you know, how do you, how do you discipline them? How do you encourage them? Not, I mean, you could, I have two children, they're 23 and 21. They're definitely different, you know? Um, so how do you communicate with one versus the other, <clears throat> but yet treat them both fairly? Mm. So uh, if you're not a leader now, you, you may, chances are you will become a leader. And you have to learn uh, certain skills to manage the most important institution you have, and that's your home. Amen. A absolutely. Well, well, Matt, let, let's end on this thought. So as you wrote this book and, and reflected on your, your story and, and journey, what, what are some of the, the final thoughts that you can share with our listeners in regards to what, what maybe God revealed to you? During this process, some some ways that that your faith was even strengthened as you reflected on on God's uh, faithfulness and the way that He's He's worked and, and and redeemed your your life. Well, I think a couple of things. I think probably the most powerful part of the book is talking about forgiveness. And as an athlete and a coach, that's hard because you're you're wired to win. You know, uh, you know. And, 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 you know, you don't, you know, you're supposed to defeat your opponent. And now if somebody opposes you trying to forgive, I think that's the hardest thing that I've done. But really, it's the most selfish thing. Because when you forgive, 
that felt like 600 pounds off my shoulders. And then to mm. forgive yourself is very freeing. So I think the forgiveness uh, part. Um, and then I think that, you know, making, as Robin Roberts said, make my mess my message. You know, maybe this is what God had in store the whole time. I'm just a dumb, thick-headed Irishman. It took me 17 years to 18 years to figure it out. But to share this message and help other people deal with loss, uh, leadership, depression, their faith, um, maybe that's what I was here to do when I still got a long runway left. Absolutely. Well, I, I'm thrilled that that you're willing to share this story, and I, and I think it's such a uh, just a wonderful uh, aspect to focus on leadership, to learn from failure. You know, we always think about oh, the you know the winning coaches, and we got to learn formulas and and all that kind of thing. But and there's value in that for sure. But but to think the experience that you have and the unique lessons that you've learned and your willingness to share those. Uh, it's very, very encouraging. So thanks for coming on, unpacking it today to, to share some of that that with us. And I encourage everybody to check out rebound-book.com to find out more about Matt Doherty's latest book. It's uh, called Rebound, From Pain to Passion, and uh, he shares leadership lessons learned. Matt, man, really appreciate it. Great to see you. And uh, let, let's definitely keep in touch. Thank you so much, Bryce. And tell Corey Miller I said hello. Absolutely. Will do. Well, there's Matt Doherty joining us here on Unpacking It. Intriguing guests and inspiring conversations. This is Unpacking It with Bryce Johnson. We're back in the Unpacking It studio. I'm Bryce, and really appreciate Matt Doherty being a part of the Unpacking It podcast. And my, my big takeaway is his willingness to share his failure, like to, to actually put in a book all about failing, yet all that he learned from it. And, and I think so many of us, and I, I'm this way, it's it's like you, you hate to admit when you fail, you hate to even think about failure, let alone share that, that with people. And, and for him to, you know, fail so publicly, especially at his alma mater where he played and, you know, was, was recruited to be there as a coach and then for it to not work out. And then, you know, I I guess I should have asked him this, but uh, you know, what, what's that like when you want to continue to be a part of that school and be, you know, you're connected to the alumni and for, for those that were able to watch the, the video, you know, he still got all his UNC stuff on the wall. Like that's, that's, that was, we were, you know, his camera was on all the UNC stuff. So he's still a part of that family. Um, That's just a really tricky circumstance. And so it's, it's no wonder the pain that he went through, the emotional pain and all those different emotions that, that he experienced, uh, man, absolutely. It, It makes sense. And, you know, we as fans, you know, it's as a Duke fan, I loved watching UNC struggle and, I think it was like an eight-win season, and oh, it was great. But that's a head coach with a family, with with a career, with you know real emotions, and and UNC fans. Oh, you know, get rid of him, bring in Roy Williams. 
which, okay, maybe, maybe that was the, the right basketball decision, but how you go about that as fans and, and, admit, and the administration and you know all of that is it, it affects people. It really does. And, and we don't we don't always think about it on the other side and, and what these coaches and players go through and the you know the, the ridicule and, and how that affects their families and that's tough, man. It's really tough. But but for him to reflect for Matt to reflect back on his career and say, okay, you know, here are some things I could have done differently. Here's what I would do the next time. Here's how I can help someone, you know, learn from my mistakes. And I, I absolutely believe in reading leadership books, learning from leaders. Trust me, I'm, I'm young in, in a leadership position here at Unpacking It, and, and I've made mistakes and, you know, miscalculations, and you, you try different things that don't work and, and all of that. And so I, I relate to, you know, you got to fail. He, like you, you don't learn and you don't understand things until you do fail. And so I think you can learn from other people, but at the same time, we have to experience certain failure ourselves to really get it. And so it's that combination of life experience and the wisdom of others. And I don't think you can go all one. Like, I don't think you could read every leadership book and then you know, never make a mistake. Like it's just not realistic. So you're still going to fail, even if you do continue to seek wisdom and continue to read great leadership books. However, you'll probably avoid a lot of the pitfalls. And even if you do go through something tough and you make a mistake and you fail, you then you know you can glean something from someone else's experience. And so there's great value in that. And so that's why I appreciate somebody like Matt Doherty being vulnerable vulnerable enough and in many ways it was you know helpful for him to get this off his chest but it's also such a you know just a value to anybody that that reads it um because sure like i said when i was talking to him um we can learn from nick saban and bill belichick and you know winners and how do you win and success okay that's that's great and and not that they never failed either they they did along the way um belichick was in cleveland right um but but to, to actually learn from someone who, who was at the height of college basketball. Carolina's one of the best coaching jobs in, in all of sports, or in all of college sports, I'll say. Well, in all of sports, really. I mean, it's a great program. It's a championship-winning, great pedigree. They've got the you know, arguably, arguably the best basketball player ever. So, yeah, it, that's a huge, big-time job. And then to have that taken away from you and, and not necessarily get back to the top again. You know, he, that, that, wasn't, that wasn't the journey that Matt Doherty went on. To get to you know Kansas, Kentucky, or whatever. No, that wasn't that wasn't the story. But but listening to him and it just kind of sensed his his peace and his acceptance of his story and his journey. And hey, he's grown. His faith has grown. He's learned. His family's still intact, and um, he's now doing some some great things and pain to passion. That was his his theme. How how cool is that? That's a wonderful thing. Um, and so hopefully all of us who have been through painful circumstances, failures. That, that we can turn those around into something awesome. And, and ultimately, the verse we bring up all the time is Romans 8.28, which God works all things together for good for those who love him and are called according to his purpose. And so that's the verse we cling to, that maybe it doesn't turn around from a world standpoint, and um, that, that it's, it's God's standards, it's God's plan, his will. That's, what, that's where we want to be aligned with. And so is our heart changing? Is our character changing? Is our dependence on him intensifying? 
those are all the good things that that ultimately we want um and and you know eternal benefits right versus you know temporary satisfaction or championships on this side of heaven so those come and go um so anyway i could go on and on but but just a a really interesting conversation and and i would like to read his book uh so i'm going to try to do that and and hope you will as well i'd love to know your thoughts on on this 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 whole story and matt doherty and anything that uh was a big takeaway for you uh shoot me an email bryce at unpackingit.com thanks for listening today thanks for uh sticking through till the end uh, just like I did in that interview, uh, despite the, the the hot sweats and dizziness. So I appreciate your uh, support and listening, and we will talk to you next time on the Unpacking It podcast. And as always, I wrap things up by saying, hey, I'm Bryce, and I'm a sports fan who follows Jesus. I believe in the good news that he died on the cross for my sin. He was resurrected, and through faith, I've been saved by his grace. I hope that is true for you as well, and I hope you'll join me as we live life as sports fans who follow Jesus together. Have a great rest of your day. This has been the Unpacking It podcast. For more information about the show, our events, and other resources, visit unpackingit.com. That's U-N-P-A-C-K-I-N-I-T.com. We hope you are encouraged, inspired, and challenged by what you heard today. To support our show and Unpacking It Ministries with a financial gift, visit unpackingit.com slash donate. We look forward to unpacking sports, faith, and life with you again next week.